It's Saturday, November 7th. I'm Shamita Basu. And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. The votes have been counted. The Associated Press and all the other major news networks have called the election for Joe Biden. Pennsylvania is what did it. The count was very close, but it gave Biden the electoral votes that he needed to win the presidency. He's also won more votes than any candidate in history, at least 73 million, and they're still being tallied. That's currently 4 million more votes than President Trump has received. Meanwhile, Trump is the first incumbent president not to be reelected in 28 years. And he's made it clear that he plans to bring legal challenges in multiple states. According to The Guardian, the Trump campaign is taking legal action in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan and Nevada, all battleground states. Judges in Georgia and Michigan have already tossed out his lawsuits in those states. And The Guardian reports there's no concrete evidence in the Nevada case where the Trump campaign is claiming irregular voting took place. In Georgia, things shifted Thursday night. Initially, Trump had a solid lead, but in the early hours leading into Friday, as more mail-in ballots were being recorded, Biden's numbers started climbing. Georgia's Secretary of State told reporters on Friday morning that the state was likely headed for an automatic recount. Now, under state law, that recount is triggered if the margin of victory is less than a half a percentage point. And NBC is reporting Trump's camp says they plan to request a recount in Wisconsin, where Joe Biden took the lead by 20,000 votes. Trump has the law on his side there. Wisconsin allows candidates to request a recount if the margin of victory is less than 1 percent. Although the history of recounts in Wisconsin shows that Trump is not likely to make up the kind of ground that he needs to flip the state away from Biden. Legal challenges aside, Biden is now confronted with multiple crises facing the country, in particular the pandemic. He repeatedly made the case on the campaign trail that President Trump was not taking public health seriously enough. Here he is speaking Thursday night. And we're reminded again of the severity of this pandemic. Cases are on the rise nationwide and we're nearing 240,000 deaths due to COVID. Trust in American institutions, and I'm talking about government, media, science, are also in decline. Biden is also inheriting a government Trump hollowed out. Trump is leaving key roles vacant in a number of federal agencies. So how effective will Biden be once he assumes the presidency? Well, he'll step into office with a Democratic majority in the House of Representatives, but it's still not clear which party will control the Senate. And without a Democratic majority there, it may be difficult for Biden to pass some key items on his agenda, like a new stimulus package. Biden will soon become the oldest person ever inaugurated president. He'll be 78 years old. His election caps off a long career in public service, one that began with him being sworn in as one of the youngest people in the U.S. Senate in 1973. He went on to serve as Barack Obama's vice president. He was said to always be the last person in the room during big decisions. Well, now he's asked Kamala Harris to be his last person in the room. Kamala Harris is making history, too. She will be the first woman, the first black person, and the first Indian American to be vice president. And she'll also be the first graduate of a historically black university to reach the White House. First, 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 first. The Guardian writes that Harris has been adding that historic first to many titles throughout her career. 
In 2003, she was elected as the first black woman to become the district attorney of San Francisco. In 2010, she became the first woman, the first black person, and the first Indian American to be elected California's attorney general. And six years later, she was elected to the U.S. Senate, becoming the first ever South Asian senator and California's first black senator. In Congress, she earned a reputation of being an effective questioner, putting her years of prosecutorial skills to work, both in the Senate Intelligence and Judiciary Committees. Harris often credits her mother, who died more than a decade ago, for her success and for shaping her life perspective. She came here from India at age 19 to pursue her dream of curing cancer. At the University of California, Berkeley, she met my father, Donald Harris, who had come from Jamaica to study economics. They fell in love in that most American way while marching together for justice in the civil rights movement of the 1960s. In the streets of Oakland and Berkeley, I got a stroller's eye view of people getting into what the great John Lewis called good trouble. The Washington Post writes, Harris is paving the way for a generation of young women to enter politics, partly by hiring women of color, which she has a long reputation of doing, but also by running a campaign that didn't overtly call attention to gender. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. We'll talk with you again on Monday. 